electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. T-minus 15 days to the midterms. What matters to voters? It's the economy, stupid. Pollster Frank Luntz's stark prediction. I'm warning the markets now that I don't think we're going to have a clear result on Election Day 2022. And Xi Jinping cements his standing as China's most powerful leader since Mao, including a bold public removal of his predecessor in the middle of the party congress. Okay, now you've got to go. That's too strange. That, that's sending a signal. But that's the point. Plus the latest market news as we barrel through October. And no second chance for former UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. When he stepped out last night, there was like a... Ah, in a global political season. We got a crazy-haired guy that may or may not resurface at some point, too. It's Monday, October 24th. Joe, Becky, Andrew, gang's all here. Why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? You're talking. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And on this Monday morning, let's check out what the U.S. First up today on the podcast, the not-so-scary October for stocks. The major averages on the upswing, the Dow up 8% for the month. And what comes after October? The next meeting of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee kicks off November 1st, and investors strongly expect the central bank to raise its benchmark interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point next week. But after that, the probability of another aggressive rate cut at the next meeting in December is down. That shift comes following a Wall Street Journal report last week that indicates some central bankers want to have a discussion at the November 1st and 2nd meeting. They want to talk about how aggressive they need to be on the pace of rate hikes. This news broke at the tail end of our TV broadcast on Friday. Very quickly, the Wall Street Journal has an article just out by Nick Timieros just talking about the Federal Reserve rates. Federal Reserve officials are barreling towards another 75 basis points at the meeting on November 1st and 2nd, but they are likely to debate then whether and how to signal plans to approve a smaller increase in December. You have seen the futures uh, come back a little bit. Still down. The Dow rallied later that day by more than 700 points. The end of the month, another big earnings week as well as that Fed meeting. The decision should come on November 2nd. S&P 500 up 2.4%. Today's big Fed-fueled rally, one that enabled the Dow to post its first, believe it or not, three-week winning streak of the entire year. And it all started on Squawk Box in the morning. But that signal discussion of a pivot coming from Tim Embreos, who is kind of seen as like the Fed hammer on this stuff and knows what they're thinking on some of these issues could be something that they'll watch very closely. Before we, we go into this, did we, that was very good that you did that Friday at 8.58. That was an important headline that crossed from the Wall more Street More than Journal. important. And more yeah. people obviously need to watch this show because it didn't happen immediately right yeah. then. The futures didn't move immediately. Do you remember how much we were down at that point? 
uh, they, they were in starting the to market? pick up just very quickly. Well, still sharply negative. We ended yeah. up 750 points higher yeah. just on the notion we do one more 75 and then maybe they go to a 50. And that came out and you did it. And then we even took the chance of going five seconds over mm -hmm. on Squawk on the Street's time. Oh, my God. It, it, uh, it was hugely important news. Nick well, Timmy it turned Reyes out to be hugely important. But just shows been you. seen as like the hammer for the Fed, like the Fed whisperer. But that's days. all we need for 750, really more, yeah, because it was 150, down 150. Yeah. Up, so the slightest notion that maybe we don't do 275s, and, the, and it was off to the races. Well, because the market's trying to suss out when you're going to see an actual pivot. And if they stop hiking by 75 basis points, people are going to say, okay, that's enough for us to say this is the beginning of the beginning of a pivot. Max actually said, let's do this before we go. Yeah. We, we got to, yeah. I hate to say it, uh, but he, that was actually a, a, a smart thing for him to make us do. And we we're on the record and then it turned around. And we were Why in the middle of a big interview. Why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? You want to go to get the, No, you're not talking. Time to get you to talk. You're talking. Will you chime I'm, in and say, I'm, can you believe that that the slightest thing Because I was thinking about China, Fed? to be honest with you, and oh. what's happened over the weekend. That's what I was thinking well, about. Well, I think we we can't forget that. On, on, I mean, that was with, that was 8.59.30 yeah. when, when we did that. And it, the entire, turned the week around, turned everything around. Let us warmly welcome Comrade Xi Jinping, the General Secretary of the CPC Central. Now, go ahead. Now we can talk about China? China? Well, it's yeah. like, you know, 18,000 miles away. I know it's important. Matters. Thing, but Second largest you know, economy. Maybe not 18,000. Okay, let's talk about what happened uh, new overnight because China reported uh, quarters uh, GDP grew, uh, grew, its third quarter GDP grew 3.9% from a year ago, beating expectations, but it's still well below the government's official target of around 5.5%. That data originally set for release on October 18th, but was delayed with no explanation. China's Communist Party holding its national Congress last week, Xi Jinping kicking off his third term with rivals out of the way and no clear successor in sight. The typically uh, drama-free event yielded one, though, surprising uh, moment. Former Chinese uh, President Xi Jinping uh, 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 unexpectedly led out of Saturday's closing ceremony. Video shows him seated in a prominent position next to Xi Jinping. <laughs> And then he was approached by a staff member, and then he was appeared to be reluctantly let out. The circumstances surrounding this exit are not exactly clear, and the story was not reported anywhere in the Chinese media. But in large part, I think as a result of all of this, stocks uh, in China plunged overnight. I want to talk about, by the way, separately, Tesla in just a second, because Hong Kong's Hang Seng closing lower by 6.4%, the Shanghai Composite falling 2%, and then the Shenzhen Composite falling 1.75%, among the biggest losers. Hong Kong tech-listed companies, Bank of America economists uh, telling the journal that some investors are worried about checks and balances after Xi's consolidation of power. And then maybe your turn to talk about Where'd Tesla, they, unless you'd like him? me to. That's just too weird. Him? We right don't know, but he was just taken away. And I think it just... Flatulence or something? It, Do you think I don't he, think... That, no, I think like, this, um, it is... Has, I mean, you saw he was kind of appealing to, to Xi, saying... <laughs> Are you really? I think why then? Why did removed? it have to be done so publicly right then? If he suddenly felt because people fall in and out of favor over there, you never know what the hell is going to happen. To, but to, to go the, from right. being seated next to Xi to being like escorted out. Yeah, did they just find something out and say, okay, now you got to go? That's too strange. That that's sending a signal. 
But that's Clearly. the point. Yeah. That's the point. It's sending a, a, a signal that this man's in charge and this man's not in charge. And what does that say about sort of where we are in well, terms of autocratic critics. countries? It's silencing critics. If, right. if that can happen to... But, th but this is about, this is about China. This is really about Russia. This is about... Impact. I mean, this is about everything. Well, talk about the GDP. That's so the point. What, it's, it's zero COVID. It's overbuilt. It's, uh, he's having trouble delivering on the economic uh, you know, growth that's going to be needed to keep advancing with that huge population as they try to get into the middle the class. The GDP numbers were um, just the, the, any strength that came was from exports, not from the domestic uh, economy. And that was the concern. Which they're too. trying to. Demand um, internally weakens pretty significantly, of course, because of the shutdowns. But I think this Tesla news, which, which I don't know if you want to front run the news, but the fact that he's actually effectively Cut, cutting the price of his cars but, is a high sign about what's really happening in that economy, especially given inflation, especially given the price of the, the price of goods that have gone up. So he's lowering his prices at a time when everything else is going up. That means something. And there's chips in Taiwan, and that might be a way to, I don't know, I hope this doesn't force his hand to galvanize, you know, positive nationalistic sentiment over in China because he, he may need it. Tesla shares, what we've already talked about, company cut the price of some of its cars uh, in China. It reduced the price of the Model 3 by 5%, cut the price of the Model uh, Y by nearly 9%. And the Republican National Committee has filed a lawsuit against Google over its email spam filters. The RNC alleges that the company has been discriminating against it by unfairly sending the group's emails to potential donors and supporters to their spam folders. In a statement, Google denied the charges, saying that they simply don't filter emails based on political affiliation. It's interesting because, I mean, how many, how many folks are... I, a lot of stuff ends up in my spam folders these days, and I don't think it's... For, for Google? For Google, I mean, I, I can tell you the number the way, of happily, political ads I get on Outlook. But I don't think I doubt. Email. I mean, I doubt it's um, from both parties. I, yeah, I, I would. I would like to think that. I can't imagine just how, given what I see, that uh, that there's discrimination based on. But maybe it's an effort to try to create discovery to get inside of Google oh, to start to get email. I mean, that's a, a lot of these type of lawsuits. That's that's almost what the effort is more than anything else. Are you running for leadership? Would you work with Boris Johnson? How's the last week been for you? Are you running for leadership, Mr. Sunak? Former UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson withdrew from consideration last night to win back that top job. He admitted that if he had one, he could not have governed effectively because of divisions in his own party. And new this morning, a report in the FT says that Rishi Sunak, who previously served as chancellor, is on course to become the next prime minister. That could happen as soon as 9 a.m. this morning if no other Tory candidate gains enough nominations to advance a party vote. I think you need 100 right. votes in order to do that. But it's like a... I mean, everyone's sort of breathing a sigh of relief, I feel like, at this point. For Boris Johnson not coming back. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's, look at, Six look weeks at, later? Look at where Sterling is. Look yeah. at what happened to the guilt. It's absolutely. I think when, when he stepped out last night, there was like a, oh, ah, yeah. maybe, maybe some, like, normalcy could return to this country. I don't know. You saw Sterling up by about three-tenths of a percent. You can see... Gilts, actually, uh, the yields down uh, as this risk of further political and economic un upheaval looks like it's pulling back, at least for the moment. But, wow, what, uh, what a few weeks it has been in the U.K. 
Makes right? all the rest of us feel it a little is, better it, about it ourselves. It is the uh, people breathing a sigh of relief. We have a GDP number coming, right? I so he was chancellor of the, of the Exchequer. Yes. So he knows about maybe they need a guy like that. Um, ours is on Thursday. It's supposed to be solid. It's supposed to be... Our GDP number. Yeah, which would, I, I would mean... Yeah. Which would mean... We're, we're not re-electing anybody on Thursday. Uh, no, but... Uh, you might like yeah, to. I've got a crazy-haired guy that, uh, that may or may not, uh, you know, resurface at some point, too. So we have to think He's resurfaced up against DeSantis over the weekend. I talking saw. About, I saw. We could talk but, about uh, that, too. I saw that. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's holding off, I guess, before the midterms, which I'm shocked that, that, he, that he had the self-control to not make it all about 2024 for the, you know, because not normally the good of the party is not something that that particular individual might not be thinking about as much as for the good of that particular individual. Are you surprised that he hasn't said, because that, that would, the way things are going, it's pretty good right now for the, the, the what they're expecting on November 8th. You mean for the Republican Party? Yes. Yes. Maybe he, he doesn't want to upset the That's the what I card. mean, but that's, well. That's, some, that's something in and of itself that he's not saying, screw that, I'm going to well, do it Well, unless anyway. there's self-interest where right. you don't want to be seen for being blamed if your party doesn't win the doesn't, numbers that they Did he expect. care about Georgia and the two, the two senators Someone told, there? Maybe somebody told him if you plan on Who running again, tell you him can't do anything. that. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that was news just right there, this whole conversation. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, we are about two weeks out from the U.S. midterm elections, and pollster Frank Lund says, with such a divided electorate, we've all got to grow up. The percentage of election corruption, which Republicans claim about the Democrats, isn't accurate. The perception of election suppression, voter suppression, by the Democrats isn't accurate. Both sides need to cut it out. The looming risks for our democracy and how everyone's probably going to vote right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Wow, two weeks. Uh, it's over two weeks because it's Monday. Uh, but basically, with two weeks ago, until the midterm elections, new polling by NBC News shows the economy is front and center for many Americans uh, when it comes to deciding how they'll vote. Uh, it's the economy, stupid. I'm not saying that to you, Elon, but uh, someone once said that. Someone who was 
pretty, uh, a pretty smart politician. And why do we forget? Uh, we know that. Yeah, it's the economy, and the economy is not looking good. America's pessimism about the economy has hit an all-time high. The latest NBC News poll shows that half of the country, 50 percent exactly, expect that the economy will get worse over the next year. The previous record high was in September 2009 during the depths of the Great Recession. So that probably explains why more voters are putting jobs in the economy at the top of their list of priorities. 35 percent now say it's one of the most important issue. Threats to democracy rank second and inflation is third. And when it comes to addressing those economic concerns, voters appear to give Republicans the edge. NBC's survey found those who were worried about jobs in the economy favored Republicans 64 to 30 percent. For inflation, Republicans led Democrats 50 to 40 percent. But Americans are also clearly fed up with the status quo. Voters are less likely to support a candidate who just wants to continue the policies of either President Biden or former President Trump. So what do voters want to see instead? A whopping 84 percent said they would get behind someone who supports lowering health care costs and prescription drug prices. 67 percent want to see Washington fight inflation by cutting government spending. Only 55 percent would support a candidate who wants to combat rising prices by increasing taxes on corporations. Guys, the survey shows this is the most engaged voters have ever been in the midterms. So clearly they want to make their voices heard. Joe. Inflation, I think, tends to do that, Elon, more than any other uh, issue, it, it seems like, because we all go to the supermarket, we all buy food, we all buy fuel. That's why they exclude food and fuel from the inflation numbers, which makes sense. Thanks a lot. So now we know the biggest concerns of American voters. Most important, a possible recession. Next, preserving our democracy, and third, inflation. So much of what we do here focuses on recession risks and inflation pressures. Today, we're going to zero in on that one in the middle, faith in the democratic process. This is a moment from Squawk Box last week with our economics reporter Steve Leisman and Joe Kernan. To talk about counting votes is the threat to democracy. Counting that, that not, as well. We're not counting the, votes. I think counting votes is all. I, I think. What making, about throwing out millions of votes? I think making sure that is that a threat to democracy? Election integrity is huge on both sides. If you've been with us any amount of time here on Squawk, on TV or here on the podcast, you'll know that discussions like this not uncommon. It's just that what I consider a threat to democracy and what others consider a threat to democracy aren't even close to being the same thing. Also, not uncommon, a conversation about our country's big picture. For that, we often turn to pollster and political strategist Frank Luntz. He joined us two years ago, ahead of the 2020 election, with a warning. We've never in American history had a spread where one candidate is so clearly winning in the polls, but everybody thinks the other candidate is likely to win. And that's one of the things that I'm scared about tonight. And people may get the wrong impression based on which votes are counted early. And today, he's got another one. Here's Andrew. Joining us right now, on set right here, is Frank Luntz. He's the pollster and political strategist. And we always love talking to you, trying to get a, a better sense of the way you think Americans are going to play this out come November, what it means for policy, business, and the economy. So where are we, really? What, what do you think happens in November at this rate? I want to relate this back exactly two years ago, because it was two years ago next week that you had me on this show, and I said that Trump on election night would be leading. But on the hours and days that followed, Biden would catch up, move ahead, and would eventually be elected president. I'm here to say to you now that there are enough election deniers out there, candidates running, that are going to lose and going to claim that they won 
and they won't accept the election results. I am scared to death, and I'm doing this a week earlier so that you can replay this and replay this and replay this. We are going to have a problem in this country if Senate candidates, governor candidates, secretary of state candidates lose by two or three percent and claim the election is stolen. And I'm warning the markets now that I don't think we're going to have a clear result on Election Day 2022. Why do you say this? Because I've seen the interviews that have been done with these candidates. I'm watching all the debates. I have to do this in addition to the polling. And the American people do not trust the election counting. They do not trust the system right now. It's a greater degree of cynicism towards elections than we've ever had. And it's being prompted by elected officials who are telling them, don't believe, don't believe the numbers, don't believe the count, it's not true. And the way that elections are counted, you're going to get the people who vote on election day counted first. You'll get the absentee ballots counted third, counted last, and you'll have the early vote counted second, and it should have gone in order. But what it means is Republicans will look like they're winning early in the evening, and it'll even out. I still believe Republicans capture the House. I believe the Democrats, by a single seat, keep the Senate. But in the end, the vote will look overwhelmingly Republican at midnight, and it won't be as Republican when all the votes are counted. What's the solution? The solution is to change the counting system because it's literally, and it's not how you cast your votes. Donald Trump would say, oh, here's another 100,000 votes in Philadelphia dumped. He called it vote dumping. No, it's simply counting people who had voted a week or two weeks early, who had sent in their absentee ballots, and you have to count those at the same time that you count. Don't do any precinct releases, that that is that is. It's causing damage, and probably we should have done this a week ago, but this is serious. Joe, at, at the, the point... The, 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 pandemic, the, point, the pandemic did did cause yes. a lot of people to think, wow, there's all these things that are, you know, much more mail came in because people weren't going in person because of COVID. Um, have we gotten back to more in-person voting, or it's going to be the same amount of... of uh, it's remote learning, remote work, remote voting. Yes, um, and the problem is if you count them separately, Democrats will vote remote. Republicans will vote in person. So right. it's a systemic problem. Frank, here's a messaging question, though. You spend a lot of time thinking about language, thinking about persuasion, what, you know, what works and what doesn't. This issue of election integrity. The question is, how do you uh, message and persuade people that that is the truth when there are lots of uh, candidates, oftentimes on the right, who have made it their business to suggest that it is not. Uh, Stacey Abrams is a Democrat, and she continued to deny her election result, Good not for weeks, I, I, I wasn't going to say, because I don't want to start anything, but uh, both Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden have to this day called the, the, 20, the, the election of Trump illegitimate and that it was stolen. So, it was, it's, so it started long before. But I, but but no, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm not going to let you guys. It's entertaining. And I watch the show to watch you guys go back and forth. But it's this a is big, serious. This but, is serious. Do not do this. The percentage of election corruption, which Republicans claim about the Democrats, isn't accurate. The perception of election suppression, voter suppression by the Democrats is inaccurate. Both sides need to cut it out, right. and you're going to be the arbiter of this. Don't let them do this over the next two weeks, because our election system is too important. We need people to trust their votes, because if they don't, the entire democratic process comes apart. And this is my warning to you. If you don't fix this now, you are going to have a Someone crisis. Someone just said blockchain voting. Can we do it on the blockchain? 
There's, People have talked about that as a, a, a potential way to do no it. There's no way to right. double count on the blockchain. Just in terms of feeling safer about this immediately, where does the, the tamping down of rhetoric, I mean, I would think it has to start at the top. Like It has to start with Biden and Trump, and they're both behaving badly on this. It has to start with the candidates that are running. Look, I'm a teacher. I'm a professor. Right now, I'm teaching Radley College students, which are British students. And they're wondering what's happening to American democracy, just as our students wonder what's happening to the British democracy. We are both coming apart at the same time. It begins with the leadership giving clear direction and acceptance. You win, you lose, you, you live to fight another day. And arguing over this from a partisan perspective is the most evil thing you can do, destroying people's confidence in the system that has worked for, for better or worse, has worked for over 200 years. And I love teaching the British students because that's where our democracy comes from. We don't want to end up like Britain. We don't want, they can't even keep a government for more than weeks at a time. Scaramucci lasted about as long as the British prime minister. A quarter. Yes. A quarter. He called it 4.1 Scaramucci's. Mm -hmm. So it's a danger for us. Let me just ask you about the economy and how much you think that's going to impact the way people think going into the voting booth, especially over the next two weeks, and how this issue of inflation, price of gas, actually that's changes it. the dynamic, if it changes the dynamic at all, over literally the next 14 days. It does. And it's not inflation, because inflation is what you all talk about on this show. It's affordability. 46% of Americans have had to return food when they check out because they can't afford what they just purchased. 44% can't fill up their tech with gas because gas prices are going back up again. If, Frank, if affordability is the number one issue, Republicans will take the Senate. The problem is, for right. the GOP, they're talking too much about abortion. They're talking too much about social issues. And that's going to deny them the majority that they want to capture. Well, it's going to have to Senate. flip back because RCP has now um, got 52, 48 um, Republicans and yes. predict it has it's it's flipped from 35 Republican Senate to 65 cents. So the betting markets have the uh, have Republicans winning the Senate. Now. And I don't hear that. And the betting markets don't hear what I hear. They don't see what I see. It is still possible. I'm not writing the Republicans off polls in the too. Senate. That's where the RCP numbers come from. Uh, from a but compilation of polls. But that requires Republicans to win Arizona and right. Georgia. And Pennsylvania. Well, even Lee Zeldin suddenly is in the is in the picture. He's in the mix. Let's say let's put it that way. And let's right, be it's probably going to end up like. And uh, by the way, the in the end, it really the polling really doesn't matter. What matters is being responsive to and reflective of the public and the business markets because they're making decisions right now where to invest. They, sh I'm telling the business market, assume that you have a divided Congress. Assume that Kevin McCarthy is speaker. And Chuck Schumer. It sounds remains. like you're saying it's worse than that. You're saying they should think that that we may not have a real answer in November, and that the country's going to be you know, some kind of you know. Chaos. I'll mark your that's words. What, I'll mark your words, but I don't. That's you. that's my fear. The next I mean, time based I'm on, on your your words. The next time I'm on, play the segment that you did we'll, the interview. We'll have you on with Speaker okay. McCarthy next time you're on. I would enjoy that. <laughs> okay. We should have you back before. Frank Luntz, appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Coming up, branding lessons. That's going to be the new name. Seriously? What's in a name anyway? wonder how much they paid for Madison Avenue to come up with that. More Squawk Pod right after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, 
packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand by, Joe. His mic, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box uh, here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site, Times Square. Rainy days and Mondays get people down. And it's like a rainy day. Not these equity markets, But they mean rainy. Okay, we'll do that. But usually they mean like a Tuesday or a rainy Tuesday or a Monday gets you down. It's It's going to be raining all week, It's a rainy Monday. It's supposed to rain rain until Thursday. Is it really? This week it is. That's better than 40 days. There are rainmakers on Wall Street watching these. We're going to Wall Street. Okay, let's get to that. Do you remember what happened on Friday? 7.50 almost after just (laughs) clutching at straws. Traders are like, maybe it's not two straight 75s. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. And just the possibility that might be a 75 and a 50 uh, got people excited on Friday. Meantime, Schlumberger uh, changing its name to something a little bit easier. The SLB, that's going to be the new name. It's simple. Seriously? Yep, the change takes effect today. The company says the rebranding underscores the company's vision for a decarbonized energy future and affirms the transition from an oil field services company to a global technology company. So They're getting rid of slum- Schlumberger. Schlumberger. There wow. it is. And now they're a global technology company. They got that going for them. Don't tell me the private sector is not the one that's doing this themselves, please. Well, with lots of pressure. That's, but it doesn't mean we have to just go, wow, way to go. It's like, it's lame. You got a branded company. It's a great name. It's, been, it's a leading oil field services company. They should be, say it loud and say it proud. SLB, what the hell is that? That's their stock symbol. I wonder how much they paid for that to Madison Avenue to come up with that. Hey. I wonder how long it took. What did I see took the two years to come up with the, the other day? It was It was the most. Verizon. Oh, no. I'm loving it. I, we looked up. Oh. We looked up because my, my son loves McDonald's. So we looked up the previous slogans. And you remember there were major. You deserve a break today. You know how long ago that was? Big 19- Mac filet of fish, quarter pounder no. french fries, icy cokes, thick shakes, sundaes, and apple pies. Two all beef patties. <laughs> special, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, special sauce, cheese, lettuce, cheese yeah. onions. And then there was, I'm loving it. That's got to be what, 20 years ago, 25? Yeah, more. 71 for uh, You Deserve a Break Today. And that was from 1971. Yeah, that was their most famous, but I'm loving it. Took two years. It was a German advertising firm, one, the the, uh, the competition do it. Two years they came up with I'm loving it. It's been the longest. That that is now. And wasn't Justin Timberlake the original voice of I'm loving it? Was he? Was he really? Go back and look. I don't know. I feel like he at least was one of the voices. Just Do It was apparently a very difficult campaign to come up with, too, for Nike. Almost didn't make it. There was a big fight about whether they were going to keep it or not. I was right. just reading about this last week. It was a Wyden and Kennedy um, slogan. Oh. The agency out, out, uh, out west. Was, Why do we know this? Do you remember one, one of the great other, advertising there agencies was one in other the world. McDon- And you know who else has had uh, a lot is Coke, if you go back and look. Remember? I like to buy the world. world cook. There's a lot of, uh, but it's important, I guess. Well, it has well, an impact, at least. Look on how much of my brain space it takes up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can recite these things. Do we have a slogan? We need to come up with one, but. Squawk box, just do it. Oh, that's taken. Yeah. Loving it. You're that's loving taken. it. Yeah. 
And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for starting this week with us. Rainy days and Mondays. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the best of our three-hour show, interviews, and analysis that make you smarter, follow Squawk Pod on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.